everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. If I'm talking fast, it's because we got a short clock here. We got a, we got a legit celebrity in the midst. Yes, we have hockey Jesus. players. Yes, we have guys who are popular, but they're it's it's fleeting. You know what I mean? Hockey players, you're in, then you're out. Two years, 10 years, 12 years. This guy, he's been a celebrity forever. Greg Wyshynski joins the show here. Thank you for joining us, Greg. How are you today? I'm good, but I mean, it is definitely fleeting for sports writers, mm. man. You you knew me Mm-mm. you knew me back in the day when I was a whip smart young lad making making jokes on on Yahoo. Now I'm I'm all grossed up and working for Disney, and it's just a scant matter of a few years before you know I'm on Substack trying to like peddle energy pills or something while I write about hockey. Like it's gonna happen. See, five years ago, I would have been like, yeah, let's 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 expedite that. Let's get this guy out of hockey. <laughs> Because I honestly, there's not, there's not a lot of people who I dislike. Right. And well, yeah, I I generally like everybody. I, I I literally disliked you. Yes. For a long time. And, and I wasn't even planning on talking this. It just kind of segues perfectly into it. And we'll just jump into this because I'll be frank. Hockey players knew of you. We're going to backtrack six, seven years. You were puck daddy. Yeah. You, you, you had a. An article, I don't know who you worked for, if you were syndicated, if you're just doing it on your own. And players were aware of you. You had your podcast with Jeff Merrick. Podcasts weren't as popular at the time, so no one was really too aware of you. Players talked about you. Like, oh, Puck Daddy, article, 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 whatever. Then the All-Star Game rolls around. And this is when I really knew about you, Greg. Yeah. And I know you now. You're you're an honest guy. And I want to have a frank discussion about it because we I did your show last week and we touched on it. Yeah. And people were like, okay, well, let's dig into this a little more. They didn't realize the uh, the beginning of the whole all-star saga for myself. And with the game coming around the corner, I think it's appropriate. We just talked talk about it a little bit. So I, I had some questions, and I actually told my wife last time, like, Greg's coming on. What should I ask him? And she's like, oh, okay, let's – and she, these are questions directly from the horse's mouth. And she's not a horse. Careful. <laughs> it's just a saying, Greg. You're unbelievable. So she asked me to ask you – was there a point during the whole process from when you had that initial idea, when you planted that seed to when I went to the all-star game, was there a point when you became a fan of me? Because yeah. the initial point of the idea was to let's vote somebody in who shouldn't belong and whatever. That was me. Was there a point where you're like, okay, I'm behind John now, or I, I think this is now a good thing because there was a large, there was a few weeks where I was like, Oh, what happened? What did we do? And maybe I, I'm putting words in your mouth. Maybe you never felt like that, but at what point did you kind of switch or did you ever switch? No, I, I think one of the misunderstandings about the whole campaign was that we were trying to like shame you because we didn't like you or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, anyone who listened to me and Merrick knows that we are uh, old school fans uh, we enjoy the dust ups. We enjoy the pugilism. We enjoy a brand of hockey that, uh, for better or for worse, does not exist anymore. It's what we mm-hmm. grew up with. And so, you know, when you were like chasing Phil Kessel around the ice, <laughs> you know, th- those are the kinds of things that we talk about and, and the kinds of things that gave, you know, some, some uniqueness to hockey. And, um, and you were, as we've talked about many times before, like you were the last of a, of a breed in this league. So, while the impetus of it was you're a fourth line guy who plays X number of minutes and, and doesn't necessarily have an all-star skill set, 
let's put him in the game and see what happens. It's not like we chose some guy we were trying to like embarrass. We we chose a guy that, or at least I did. I can't speak to Jeff, but like I felt like you were somebody who not only fit the bill of being, it'd be weird to see you in three on three and in the skills, but also a guy that people generally liked and then and and, and played a role that makes you a cult hero amongst fans. And I don't think this works. I don't think any of it happens if um there was one not a general um uh, appreciation of you as a, as a dude um mm-hmm. and then also if fans didn't see you as somebody that they they kind of liked the idea of casting a vote for like you know to, yeah. I'll throw a name I don't want to I don't want to I'll throw a name out there remember David Kochi oh yeah I beat him up yeah you beat him up if it was David Kochi I don't think this becomes the cult of personality that it does. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you were unique in that aspect of fitting the bill of, hey, it would be weird to see this guy in the All-Star game, but also a guy that we generally would like to see exist at the All-Star game, if that makes sense. So you honestly had that thought process when you're ripping through names, because in my eyes, it was just like, okay, who's bad at hockey? Who could we embarrass? I, I know it's easy to go back and paint yourself to be this genuine because just even listening to it you're laughing as you're bringing up names and then it's like six fast forward and now and you're like gosh we knew john was such a great guy and this would be such a great thing for him just be honest because I, I would do the same thing like who's the biggest doofus that we could throw in this game that would look fun and i would and that's fine i get it but you you honestly put my personality into play there because it didn't seem like it well, I think, well, first of all, I think, you know, it's not like we had a list, <laughs> right? This is, well, it seemed like of, it when you were like, who would, you yeah, just, no, you guys is, are hockey is, guys, you know, the, you know, the, you guys are if, geniuses if you, when it comes to players. The, the level of preparation that Jeff and I used to put into that show, it would astound you, uh, how yeah. little of it there was. No, it was very extemporaneous. And, and again, it's like, it wasn't, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie, like the, the definite, the, the definite like starting point to it was like, who, who, would we put in a skills based event that maybe doesn't have the skills for it? But I mean, mm-hmm. like we landed on you because I mean, you, you had that cult of personality you had, this was, I think after, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, after you put the picture of yourself on your shirt. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Cause that was in San Jose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's in our minds too, right? Like this is a guy who clearly can take the piss out of himself sometimes um, who clearly has an outsized personality and, you know, it, you know, fit the bill of the, of the guy that we were talking about, but also fit the bill of somebody who we generally would like to see um, handle that experience and, and maybe have a little bit of fun with it. Okay. And that's what happened. I, I'm just trying, I haven't talked to you or Jeff about this and I'm fairly good friends with Jeff as well. At what point during this process did it go from, oh, this will be a fun little, you know, a little litmus test on whatever, how much power do we have to be like, holy cow, we have like, look, at this is a real thing. Like, we're going to get this guy voted in. Did you feel like, I don't know, you because it was so bizarre, honestly. Yeah. And I, I didn't really realize it. Did you guys like, A, feel bad at all? Or was it just like, this is cool. We have this kind of pull. Um, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's this kind of pull thing. Cause that, like when, when you start something 
and it goes out into the world, then it's the world's thing, right? Like, like yeah. it kind of took off. I mean, it's not as if we were, you know, sending letters in the mail to hockey fans with like campaign flyers, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they kind of just took it themselves and, and then, and then went off on it. So it wasn't, I don't know if there was any self-satisfaction during the voting of, of, Hey, we did this. I think it was more like, wow, this is crazy how this is happening. And, and the fans have really embraced it as far as like, feeling bad about it. I could tell you exactly what started feeling bad about it, which is when uh, forces beyond your control started. Can we curse you? I forget. Uh, we'll bleep it out. It's fine. Uh, well, okay. Effing with your career. Yeah. When forces beyond your control started effing with your career is when we started to kind of feel bad about it because like, then, then, then it, now there, now there are real world repercussions. Now, now you're being potentially separated from your family now they are doing the cardinal sin of anybody uh, that works in the NHL, which is messing with your money. Like there's there's a number of things that were now occurring um, that I, I guess were like the after effect of the campaign um, that were really unforeseen. Like I, yeah. we certainly, honest, like the last thing that we thought about in in doing any of this was oh, his team will trade him and then be demoted to the AHL because of this, right? So like- Yeah, it once, was bizarre. Yeah, once that started happening, you couldn't help but feel kind of weird about, about the fact that like there are real life, because you know, we knew you were a dad and everything, like, like there are real life ramifications now for this thing that, that we started on a whim. So that happens. I, I get sent down. Do you, what is your, because I'm in constant- contact with the nhl during this whole time yeah i i'm i'm talking with the higher ups if i should go what's happening what's going on you guys at that point did not work for sportsnet or anybody affiliated with the league he worked worked for sportsnet i was at i was still at yahoo but he was at sportsnet was there any contact between jeff and i if you can't answer it i understand because you work for espn now they're tied right in with the nhl was there any contact that you had to gary or colin or anybody at the nhl to say, you know what, squash it, stop pumping this. Let's just put the brakes on this whole thing because we don't want it. Gary, no. Colin, I think I spoke to after it all went down. Yeah. Um, Jeff's talked about. We, we I just did his radio show recently, and we talked about uh, talked about this, and like he's talked about how when the whole thing was going on, and I think maybe the first week when you were on top of the vote totals. Uh, they talked about it on the air on Sportsnet and like he got called in from from like his bosses to be like, you can't you can't lead this parade. And uh, and he legitimately thought he was gonna be fired mm-hmm. because of of having done this. And 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 you know where that I mean, it's it's one of two things. It's, it's, it's either coming from the league or it's somebody in a position of management afraid that the league will come at them. It's usually yeah. one of those two things when you hear. Uh, disenchantment from the people you work for if you're a rights holder. It's just one of those things. For me, again, like I wasn't a rights holder. They didn't have any real sway over editorial at Yahoo. I think some of them didn't even know we existed. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and so for me, it, I, I would hear, you know, I know a lot of the guys in the league and that work at the league level, and I would talk to them occasionally about what was going on. And, and I, the only sense I got, John, was that they were pissed off that this thing that they carefully curate every year to be an, a, a TV presentation, they know who they want to highlight. It's a chance to put people in their spotlight. Look how fast Dylan Larkin goes. Wouldn't you like to buy a Dylan Larkin jersey? That kind of shit. Um, yeah. You know, like 
they were upset that somebody was 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 entering uh, injecting chaos into that process. And, you know, how, what are we going to do with them in skills was a thing that was said to me more than once during this process. Like, you know, that was what I was hearing, but it was never a case of getting a phone call from Gary Bettman being like, you got to stop. Well, he this. would never implicate himself. There's there would be no strings ever be able to <laughs> right. work true. back to him. He's a smart he, guy. He, 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 he would he would uh, he would casually and passive aggressively mention it in a press conference uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's usually how he, how he would work it. Well, Greg, I can say I'm probably pretty representative of of the average NHL hockey fan who's, whose mind was changed about John by this whole thing. Because before, I mean, I'm being from Boston, I didn't like John. I knew who he was through the Louis Erickson hit, the Phil Kessel thing, like oh, yeah, yeah. all this stuff. And I was just like, to get this guy out of the league, I wrote a blog that no one read 10, 15 years ago about like him being a dinosaur and a goon. And I hated him, <laughs> honestly. And then and then the, the all-star thing happened and and the lead up was funny. And then the... The game itself happens. He scores the goal MVP, and it was just cool. It was entertaining. It was really fun. But it wasn't really until, John, your your Players' Tribune article came out that it made it, like, special to me anyway. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, because the awareness of it, like, your self-awareness of the and your uh, appreciation and humility and all that was like, okay, this wasn't just some guy who because people thought like didn't you hadn't really spoken publicly to that point and it's like did he think he belonged there is he in on the joke does he get it i mean and of course you did and that was sort of what changed my mind to say okay john scott i'm I'm a fan of his now and so and honestly not to talk about myself but i as much as john's life has changed i wouldn't be here doing a podcast all these years later with john scott if i hadn't hadn't started yet either um, and so my question is you you talked a little bit about maybe just feeling a little uh responsible and like oh geez what have i started here with this whole snowballed out of my control at what point did you realize you know what this is gonna this is gonna be a good thing this is a good thing for for everybody involved more or less and and it kind of changed for the better john did you know tim hated you did you guys hash this out oh no he has this blog and i've no he won't let me read it <laughs> someday we will yeah, yeah because <laughs> apparently tim was one of those no one read it, like you said. So it's sitting somewhere on the internet. No one right. has read it. But yeah, right. I, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. You just, have, you just have to search through every every obscure hockey term was applied to a blog at some point. You know, going five hole was a guy yeah. for me. Two line pass. Where, yeah. I'll just Google my name and I'll be able to find and you'll it. find it. Um, yeah. So when did, when did we know it was it was working or a success? Uh, I mean. I knew it was a success when when I saw the backlash to the backlash, when I saw the fans rally around John harder than they were and doubling down on it when um, the NHL pushed back on him and the, and the Habs demoted him and stuff. Like I, I am to this day convinced that if they didn't put you in the All-Star game, there would have been protests. Like there would have been fans outside with picket signs <laughs> Saying John Scott yeah. should be here. There would have been John Scott signs inside the arena. Like it, it would be like watching a wrestling show when they chanted CM Punk's name when mm. he wasn't uh, when he wasn't mm-hmm. there. Like it, it definitely would have been a thing. And and so, but when I uh, how I knew it worked or that it would be a success, I didn't know until I was there in, in, with you at the game, and and I saw the way that you handled everything. Gigantic press scrum. Um, when I saw how the boys were treating it, like, cause I, we talked about that on the drop, like, you know, one of the things I was hopeful for 
was that in the three on three, the boys would take care of you. Like, I didn't know about skills, skills you can't really hide. Like you're either fast or you're not, or you either have a hard shot or you don't. But mm-hmm. I knew in the three, I had, I had confidence in the three on three, the boys would look after you. And like, once I saw how they embraced it, how they thought it was cool that you were there. And, and maybe there was a little bit of that F you to the league and the process you were going through too, that was inherent in that you know, outreach. But once I saw the boys were good with it, I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to, we're going to make, this is going to be all right. Like we're going to have a moment here and, and, and hopefully it's, it's one that we remember. You mentioned the scrum. It's funny. It didn't hit me that it was like this big of a deal until I got there. And the players do their scrums in, in tears where you come yeah. in and you're, you're with eight different guys. And I'm in there with like Bufflin, Ben Pavelski, um, Taylor Hall, and no one's at their stations. And I have just like 50 people grilling me with questions. It was just insane. And everybody else is just sitting there just like, yeah. okay. And I, that's when I knew I'm like, holy, it was, it, it took it to a different level. Yeah, it, it was like the Leafs fired their coach level scrum. Like it was, it was amazing. Like insane. How many people were crowded around your, uh, your table. But, uh, but once I saw, once I saw that, once I saw like what was happening on the ground, I knew I knew we were going to be okay. Like I, I knew it was going to be uh, a little chaotic and maybe a little unpredictable, but but overall, like the the vibe there was definitely like we're gonna we're gonna make this work, and and I I was confident that they would. Well, I watched your show last week and the interview was great. There's one kind of follow up I wanted to ask about. You guys kind of brushed over it quickly. What happened in the elevator where you guys ran into <laughs> each other at the game? Oh gosh, Since there were some <laughs> words being said. What happened? We were you were we were at the players' hotel. And I was with somebody. Was it Custance? Craig Custance? From- uh, yeah, you're with another media guy. I don't yeah, remember who, it was but I knew it was who, you. Yeah. It might have been somebody who was working on a thing about you or whatever. And then like by happenstance, we were. I was in the lobby waiting for somebody else. And like we made the introduction. I don't know what it was, but like I remember walking briskly to the elevator and then like <laughs> there being just the, 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 just the, the, the you know how like you buy stuff at Costco and it's like 50, 15 times larger than than it would be at the grocery store. It was like a Costco sized level of tension and animosity that was all of a sudden being carried around in this hotel. Yeah. And and there was I mean, it was real, man. You could cut it. You could feel it. There was not a lot. of Someone love tried to, to break the tension. I don't know if it was Craig or you. And I think I called you a jerk or something. And then the door is open and I left and I was yeah. like, get me out of here. You, you basically get floor, a, a, to get out of there. He basically gave like a George Costanza drop a drop an insult and leave the room moment um, from Seinfeld. So, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty. I mean, you know, it was one of those things where knowing the history and knowing what had gone on and knowing what went on with you. Um, it, I mean, I never took that personally, man, like you have every right to try to throw me out of an elevator after all the stuff you went through. Did um, you ever talk to Mike Milbury? About, about you? He, yeah, because. Uh, there must have been conversations had I, I would have thought it's like, okay, I'm the story at the all-star game. Millberry's there. Do you ever, did you run with those guys in the same circles? Cause that guy no. made it his personal mission. No, to, he to just they, destroyed I mean, me. Part of the joy of puck daddy was that we would just take the piss at NBC all the time. Perfect. Right? So like, like they, they had no love for me. And, and, and you know, the, the one guy who gave you all kinds of, of runs was Ronick. Yeah. And his, and he, and he was doing it at a time when he was trying to get his podcast off the ground. So he was just looking to get clout by like trashing you. And mm-hmm. so Mer- Merrick and I would like take his recordings and 
go bit by bit on why he was wrong and why he was just being a about it. But no, I never really, I never really talked to anybody that was super critical of you. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was just because like blog world was in a different hemisphere than, than some of these other yeah. media or whatever, but um, no, it was never that case. I never, I never really, I don't remember anybody really kind of like taking me aside and being like, what the hell have you done? You know, you ruined hockey or whatever. I don't think. And uh, then Ronick's doing really great now. I, he's really killing it in whatever he's doing. So good for him. <laughs> but, <laughs> the, only so times I, I, the only times I come across Ronick are like a random podcast that has him on. And then he's, I've occasionally see tweets where he's on a beach, like pitching, I don't know, some product. I don't know. Who knows, but he's doing great. I'm happy for him. All right, let's, let's get past this all-star thing. You, you, your celebrity status has just shot the roof the last six, seven years. Now you're all over ESPN, your TV, your articles, you're the internet. Can you just briefly, I know you, you got to leave in nine minutes flat because you probably have interviews lined up back, back to back to back. <laughs> and then you've got to go count all your money. Count all my money. <laughs> and then just like, who knows what you're doing? It's insane. Go have dinner with Batman and then go to Disney and make a movie. <laughs> What what can you make of your just meteoric rise to where you're at right now? You're at the top of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if they do the 100 most important people in hockey that you're on that list. Because oh, no, I used to be on that list. And then I started insulting the hockey news and then they took me off. <laughs> so you have like, see what I mean? You're that guy now. You're the yeah. Ariel Hawani of hockey. How do you? Oh, that's a, I like that. I like that comparison because Ariel is a is a is a chaotic disturber of the sporty covers tells the truth but yet but yet also has relationships with some of the people that are in the sport that's not a bad proxy john i like that i like that um i think he's probably better on tv than i am to be honest with you. but like so uh i i make no bones about the fact that um i came in at the right time um like well, i started I, I was working at a newspaper until 2008 i was kind of working on online at the same time writing hockey i was a, i was a sports writer at a chain of weekly newspapers in Virginia covering high school and college sports. So like my background is in like actual newspaper journalism. And okay. so it just was a moment in the culture where a person who could write quickly and be funny and make pop culture references um, could get a job on a blog site or get their own blog or, or like somebody would hire you because that's where kind of the conversation in sports media was. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I came in at a time when the, the the hockey media was basically like Kevin Allen at USA Today, yeah, and then like all of Canada, right? So, so there was a <laughs> there was a there was a, a void to be filled mm -hmm. for someone to come in and 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 speak to an American audience and wave the flag a little bit when it came to the Olympics and stuff like that, and and also just like make the references. Like I wasn't make, uh, writing stories, making references to you know, Degrassi, like I was making references to say by the bell and like that, that little change, that little difference really kind of, you know, created a, an audience for, for my stuff. And then, you know, Puck Daddy like was beyond huge. I mean, yeah. I can't even, I, for, to, to pull the curtain back, like Yahoo had a blog for every major sport, our hockey blog for what is very much a niche sport um, would, would typically be third in traffic and um, like, viewership behind the nfl and nba blogs which still blows my mind like that we had that kind of audience but we did and and like you said i mean it's still it is also really weird to think that you know people in power the players were all aware of the things that we were doing i mean it was cool but it was weird and it's even weirder now john to think that 
if you were born in 2002, right? So you're like a 21-year-old player in the league right now. Pretty good chance you read Puck Daddy. Yeah, right? Like, like that's that's what's blowing my mind now. It's like, there's like every chance that Jack Hughes was was a kid in his bedroom reading my blog. Like, that's nuts to me. Then they just, they devour it. Because we have young kids on the show, and I'm expecting them, because when I played... Maybe once in a while I would read an article. These kids listen. Mm-hmm. They 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 take everything in, which I I don't think is well, great I mean, all the time. But I, I think I think you know what we did was huge for a while. I mean, I think I don't know what your relationship with those boys are, but I think what Chicklets does now is probably that for this generation. Like I think every every young player in the league probably listens to that podcast. Yeah, you know, no, so. they they're a juggernaut. We we. We're not chicklets. <laughs> we, no. we, we're, we're, we're PG. Yeah, none of, none of us are chicklets. <laughs> yeah, we try to keep it family friendly. All right, a couple more questions, and I'll let you go. Yeah, uh, Tim and I were spitballing stuff to talk to you about. I always am under the impression that hockey players are just laid back, normal guys. We love talking to them. How do they compare to other sports athletes? Because you must, you know, be around them working for ESPN now. Yeah, can you compare them to baseball, football, basketball? Are they are there any similarities, or are they completely different? No, there is a huge difference, which is that every sport, depending on the position, because I think I think the the proxy for NHL players might be NFL linemen, right? Mm, it's kind of like yep, we do funny. our work, we put on our yeah. jersey, we we do the thing, we win the game. You know, don't don't we're not trying to put our our, our face in the front of an advertisement. Like, uh, there's a humility to hockey players that is inherent from the time that they're young. That, you know, the old cliche of it's the logo on the front, not name on the back. Like that's that's gospel. That's religion. Yeah. And and it's frustrating because in other sports, you have you have star players that are trying to get themselves over and 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 trying to get endorsement deals and trying to make headlines and, and trying to be global celebrities. And uh, that is the in everything I just said, the antithesis, the antithesis of Connor McDavid. Like, like, oh, my gosh, like yeah. you have you have Good an o- otherworldly talent. You know, I for my money, like the, the most talented, uniquely skilled player since Mario. And and he is not only like does not have the charisma of a star, but is so disinterested mm-hmm. in being one um, that it really kind of makes it hard. Like if you put Matthew Kachuk's personality into Connor McDavid, I mean, you, you'd have like Barkley, like <laughs> you'd, just, yeah. you'd have like you'd have a megastar. Um, but we, we, it's just, that's how it is. And, and, and it, and it happens every draft too. Like you go and meet these, like, I was talking to somebody about Connor Bedard the other day and I'm like, cause I was, I was talking about him and, and Fantilli who's expected to go number two. Yeah. And they're like, Fantilli is a great guy. He's personable. He's really interesting. I'm like, how's Bedard? They're like, he's not Fantilli. I'm like, oh, yeah. Watch Pedro. <laughs> and that's how it is. It yeah. is what it is. You know, it, I, I just think that's the, that's the culture we live in. These guys just are so incredibly boring, which is okay. They don't yeah. have to be excited. All right, couple quick questions. Tim, sure. we have two minutes and twelve seconds. You're before fine. He has you, to leave. You, you, I'll give. I'll give you. I'll give you four. Four. Four minutes. How kind of him. He's giving us four <laughs> minutes, Tim. My goodness, for We're all overtime. you've done, you keep doing so much for me, Greg. You're just such a giver. <laughs> I love it. You know, you, you think you can't ever owe a guy anymore. All right, let's I do know. some quick questions around the NHL. You're a hockey insider. You probably have just little fingers in all the teams. Couple quick questions. Concerned about the Avalanche? Are they going to make the playoffs? They'll make the playoffs. They're fine. I'm concerned about the Flames. I, I, in that in that do around the wild card spot, you probably have the Kraken, Kings, maybe, and Vegas in the top three in Pacific. I think the Oilers are going to be fine. They're rolling now. 
I think the Lanch are going to get on their horse. If it, you know the Lanch, the Wild, the Flames, the Oilers, if they're all in the mix for the final two wild card spots, I think it's probably the Oilers and the and the Avalanche. How upset are you if you're the f- top two seeds in the West and you get to face the Oilers or the Avalanche in the first yeah. round? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, and that's oh, the thing. It's, it's like the the Avalanche are very much in that like. LA Kings just get in it in it to win it mode back when yeah. in like the last decade when it was those teams that couldn't couldn't care about the regular season. I think mm-hmm. the, I think the Avalanche care about the regular season. They just know they can't excel in it when when you have all these injuries. So yeah, I mean like you're right. I mean if you're if you're um, you know Dallas or Winnipeg or or Vegas and yeah. looking down, it's like oh by the way here's at the Avalanche. Oh by the way, Landis Cog just came off LTIR. <laughs> like oh my god, you're shaking in your skates. Yeah. All right. Um, Eric Carlson, how much does he get traded for? I don't think he gets traded. No traded for Eric Carlson. Okay, the Leafs. So they win a first round. Well, hold on, let me ask you about Carlson. Doesn't Carlson strike you as one of these guys that that goes to the Bay Area and just stays there because he loves it? Well, much like a Joe Thornton, uh, right? I, 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 I thought Joe somebody, was going to stay there forever. I was talking to somebody who knew who knows him a little bit. I think the only place he'd go is Ottawa. I think I think if Ottawa wanted him and could swing a trade, I think he'd go there. Otherwise, like. Why? Why leave? Why yeah, very there? similar cities, Ottawa and San Jose. I get it. Like they're, <laughs> yeah, very, well, very similar. He's got roots and family there. You can't, you can't walk your dog on the beach in Ottawa. Like, obviously, <laughs> he could yeah. build his own beach with that money. All right, Kaner and Taves. Do they get traded? Uh, uh, Taves, yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of believing the Elliot Friedman theory of Kane's banged up. Sign for may one want year. to stay there for another year, and then, and then you know, figure out things after that. And maybe they get they draft Bedard and then life changes. Like mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that's the case with Kane, but I, th- I think Taves moves on. I, and I'm fascinated to see where. I mean, the Colorado thing has been rumored. He's a Winnipeg kid. I don't, I don't know if they necessarily need a center, but um, but You're yeah, not turn I, I think, him down. Yeah, I, I think he goes and and then Kane's. And, and I'm right. and I'm positive it'll be like a three team. Everybody takes fifty percent of the cut salary of, down salary cap deal. Yeah, Bo Horvat, Boston, Boston. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. That's about it. I wanted to get in on the salary cap thing. If there's a way to fix it. What do you want to talk about? Well, just because there was that tweet from some TSN guy and Tim and I have been humping on this for a while, how the salary cap is is a mess and you can't have trades. How do you fix it? The COVID thing, the owners should have had some kind of responsibility for that. They're not, they don't have any skin in the game. The players are hemorrhaging escrow. It's just ruining the game. How do you fix it? You, 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 the way you fix it is that you find someone to be the Che Guevara of NHL players, organize the union and fight to get a luxury tax. That's the only way it's getting fixed. Like yeah. th- that fight was fought in, in, in 2005 and, and they didn't have, they, didn't, they couldn't follow through on it. And if we had it today, imagine how much McDavid's making if we had it today. Um, the salary cap forces parity and punishes teams that operate effectively. And and well, yeah. and and you know, it, one of the minor miracles of the National Hockey League in the last decade is that the Tampa Bay Lightning won back to back Stanley Cups, and and did so having to shed the kind of talent they did. Chicago, same way, the team that won Chicago's first t- cup didn't look like anything like the team that won their second cup, and so it's rare that that happens. And I think more often than not, you see really good teams having to jettison players because oh their their sin is that they drafted and developed good talent but now they can't pay them because they're under the cap well what to counter that doesn't the leafs and rangers just win cup after cup then or because <laughs> it's just it would be unfair it would be the yankees and the red Sox and the dodgers um it, it might um i think it still comes down to cohesion and team game and, and some of that 
Um, but but that's that's saying, would it be a bad thing for the NHL if the largest market teams were great? I, I mean, we came out of the lockout. It sucked. You know, it saved us. Boston, yeah. Chicago, Pittsburgh, Philly. Like this ain't this ain't Winnipeg waving the flag and leading the way back to prosperity. These are the biggest of the big markets that all got good at the same time and turned what was a sport in its grave into a billion dollar company because those teams got good. Yeah, the big markets are huge. I agree. I agree. Any idea for you being commissioner? Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a law background, and uh, I probably uh, I, I no no I don't okay. want to. I do right. want to. I would like to work for the NHL one day. I think it'd be fun to get in there and really roll up my sleeves and see if I can change some some stuff. But do I, what? Be a rules guy or a, nah, I don't know marketing something. Be marketing, fun. but I, but but I think our mutual friend probably has to leave before that happens. Colin and Gary, they're the worst. I tell you what, commissioners are hated. Nobody hates Gary as much as hockey fans and players do. He's across the board. Jeremy yeah. Jacobs loves him, though, right, Tim? You're stinging. Sure oh, does. Pat Foley, good for hockey or bad? Last one. Oh, no opinion. Okay. All right, everybody. Take care. Yeah, thanks, Greg, for coming no, on. You're, we the, appreciate you're it. the best. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing my show. No, anytime. And, and continue to take the piss out of me. I deserve it. <laughs> Will do, Greg. We'll have you on again. Thanks, man. Take care. Get out of here. We'll see ya. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 